Why, hello there. I'm Stephanie Belcher. And I'm Del Belcher, and welcome to Two, two Peas in a podcast, podcast, a relationship advice show from two people who like each other very, very, very much. much. Stephanie, we're recording at a different time than we normally record. Yeah. And the sun is shining through this window that it's never shined through before. Like this. It's really pretty. It's very pretty, but it's like, it's as if, it's like, it's like, it's like the Lord is returning. Like a great bright light is shining directly in my face. It really makes me want to bring some pillows in here and take a nap. Yeah, it's like, we, we have the studio and it's great, but we've recorded in the morning, we've recorded at night. But never at this time. Yeah. It's Saturday or it's Saturday? Is it Saturday? It's Saturday at 3 p.m. It's like we're in a time warp. It's just the, the, the whole vibe in the room is just different. It's super well, chill. We're trying to record a little bit ahead of time because when we tried to record Monday nights, we just ended up fighting because <laughs> I was hungry and I just wanted it to be done. There's, and a, then, lot, there's a lot of behind the scenes reels that we'll release at a later date. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow's kind of a busy day, so... Today we had time, so I want to nap after I this. I know. It's so warm I know. It's cozy, really a beautiful day. And the sun is in my eyes. I just... And we have pancakes for lunch. It's like... You remember uh, Bill, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure 2 when they go up to heaven? It's like oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's like that. I just like how hell is pastels, because that's what <laughs> I think, too. <laughs> it's like a 90s Taco Bell color. It's true. Oof. Well, Steph, welcome to Two Peas in a Podcast. So this is Two Peas in a Podcast. It's a relationship show from two people that like each other very, very much. The first part of the podcast is P's and Q's, where we take a relationship question from you, our pod squad, and talk about it. The second part is the split, where we take a relationship article, torn from the headlines, and talk about it. Oh, man. And I am so excited for today's episode. It's going to be so fun. And just a reminder to everyone out there, if you are interested in getting your questions our way, you can do that by contacting us at facebook.com slash groups slash ppodcast or emailing us at contactppodcast at gmail.com. And maybe while you're listening even, head on over to iTunes and or uh, Apple Podcasts and give us that five-star review. That'd be awesome too. Oh, you know what else I thought of? What? Kind of off topic. I was put in a good mood today. Because really? someone agreed with me. <laughs> we were at the gym and I was on an elliptical and I am slightly germaphobic mm-hmm. and being pregnant, you have a weakened immune system, not like, you know, exponentially weak, but it's a little bit lower. So I typically wash my hands a lot and don't touch stuff. But now I'm on like hyper wash. My hands are super dry. You are. You 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 basically are walking around with this like wet hands in between drying them and washing them. <laughs> well, there's also a flu break going on. A lot of people have gotten sick from that for a lot of different reasons. However, mm-hmm. the one thing I always do at the gym that I think people think I'm weird for is I always wipe off the machine before I use it mm-hmm. and after Which I use it. Which is strange because you're supposed to. I just I just tend to think that people just follow the directions and it says wipe down the machine when you're done and so you wipe down when you're done when you come on it's just it's clean well i've watched people wipe down the machine at the gym and there's different (laughs) degrees of cleanliness per person (laughs) 
And depending on the person, I think, I'm like, you did not clean that machine off. But I know that I can. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you know where you're going to put your hands and what part portions of the interface There's you're going to be using. There's that, too, because so. everyone uses different parts. Yeah, you're, you're pressing those up and down um, grade gradients? Yeah. Inclines? Yes, yeah, incline. Yeah. You know, the guy before you may not be using any incline, but you are, so you want to make sure that's all nice and uh, nice and cleaned off for you. So I'm halfway through my workout, and the gentleman next to me, who's a fine-looking gentleman who probably went to a great school, <laughs> looks at <What>? me and... <laughs> he looks at me, and he said, you must be really smart. <laughs> and I said, oh, you know, what do you mean? Because I, I didn't know who he was. And then he said, I noticed you wiped off that machine before you got on it. Ooh, you're one of those clean folks. <laughs> and I was like, yes, sir, I did. And then he said, I was watching the news, and they said that the, basically he said, all the machines at the gym are really disgusting, <laughs> so you should wipe them down before you get on them. Oh, no. He's like, so you must be smart, because you did that. And I, I just said, thank you. But deep down, I thought, oh, my germophobic self just feels validated in this moment. Well, you know, speaking of this topic, is I one time was watching the Tyra Banks show when she had a talk show. It was pretty incredible. I do love Tyra Banks. And the one time they went, they had this lady who was super germaphobic, and she was on the show, and she's just like, everything's dirty, everything's gross. And Tyra was like, well, I'm going to go and test out the things at your house to see how dirty they really are. And I thought it was going to be Tyra at the end saying, see, everything's kind of dirty. You're okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But instead she was like, oh my goodness, everything really is super dirty. And just made the lady like worse. And that's how it just ended. It was like, oh my gosh. Oh wow, that's not helpful. <laughs> everything's terrible. By these wipes. Um, it went the opposite direction as as, uh, as I thought it could be. Well, my general thought is wash your hands and don't touch your hands to your mouth and you're probably okay. Yeah. And then I, like, I'm pregnant and the flu is going around, so I just want to make sure I don't get the flu. Keep that baby safe. That's true. Lockdown. So, and not that you can't get the flu from other reasons, so, you know, someone might just cough in my face tomorrow <laughs> and there goes everything. <laughs> Stay but, away from people. But I'm okay today. You're okay today. One more day, no day but today. The sun will come out tomorrow. It will. It will. Hopefully. As long as they don't, no one coughs in your face, you'll be okay. <laughs> okay, so let's get down to business, Stephanie. We are P's and Q's, right? Yeah, that's the time we're at. It's just, like I said, it's so warm in here. It's I know, so I'm nice. kind of getting sleepy, so I'm trying to keep my energy up because it's just beautifully warm. <laughs> All right, so we got a question. Hit it. It comes from Rebecca. Rebecca says, Dear P's, I'm in my early 20s. I've dated around a bit, and my last relationship lasted two years the problem seems to be is that i can't seem to find the one do you have some thoughts on how someone can track down their soulmate that comes from rebecca so you know how it goes there's that one there's the one for you your i'm soulmate. thinking there needs to be a new dating app called soulmate tracker soulmate tracker download the app soulmate find snatch. your one Soul Find snatch. the one. Find the let's one. Let's not put snatch on anything. Soul snatch. Snatch is reference to uh, female genitalia. So let's keep uh, that out of. Yep. yep let's keep that yeah, out of that. Okay. Um, partner. Partner provider. But I do. I do see this a lot. Movies, basically. And just like I gotta find the right person. I gotta find the right guy. I gotta find Mister Right, Mrs. Right. I gotta. Find the one. Baby, I'm just looking for Miss Right now, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, honey. <laughs> no, nah, I just... Um, I see this a lot. I see people 
looking for that. And I'm I'm wondering if maybe the question is a little misdirected because I'm wondering if maybe the one is not even like a thing. Well, I remember reading a book a long time ago. <laughs> Isn't this always where it As goes? you do. I can't even remember the name of the book. Never can. <laughs> but it was talking about the constraints of marriage. Is it the notebook? <laughs> Wasn't the notebook about that? No. Can the constraints of marriage? <laughs> so <laughs> I have read the notebook. That's not what this is from. Okay. It was some book, but it was talking about the constraints of marriage. And, you know, there's a lot of good parts to marriage, but one of the constraints, at least in our culture, generally is that you only get to be with one person. Uh huh. I mean, it's kind of sort of the point. It's kind of limiting, though, because, you know, other people can be attractive and sometimes you fight. And wouldn't it be nice if you could just move on to the next person Mm -hmm. and not have to work out any problems? Right. So the uh, book argued that the way that we make it through this huge limitation is we come up with this false idea that there's the one and if we can believe in the one and believe in a soulmate then you know it makes it suddenly somehow worth it if we fight together it's okay because you're my soulmate you're my soulmate you are the the one one. you know I kind of have a different thought about that because I feel that if you are the one and that is true. It puts a lot of pressure of maybe not dealing with some actual things because you're the one. And if you're the one, we can't be having these troubles. So something's wrong. That's true. Because if you believe that there is a one and then you start having issues, then it makes you think, oh, well, this must not be my one. I must have picked a wrong person. But then the next thought is, if I leave this relationship instead of working on it, I will go find yeah, my one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if that's probably just... Maybe it's just a false narrative. Well, I I tend to think I statistically <laughs> I tend to think that there isn't a one just because of the sheer probability of it. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think there There's are a do- lot of people out there. <laughs> There's a roughly is it like seven point five billion people in the world. Yeah. So the odds of you finding the one are pretty slim Mm -hmm. i think there's just more degrees of compatibility yeah because i've noticed that you know we i say like you're my soulmate babe and but but in reality like we just want to be together and we are very compatible and we find different ways that we are compatible that we didn't even know about beforehand we also find ways that we're really incompatible that seem to change over time they do change over time they do. So I'm, I kind of had this thought for a while that maybe you could have a good relationship with anybody. I think you could have a good relationship <laughs> with most people. <laughs> I think you and I are pretty compatible. I think I could have a good relationship with 10%, per- 5%. Well, Two, maybe 1% to, of the it's world. It's good to have standards. I don't have standards. I'm just really difficult to live with. Well, you said it, not me. Um, <laughs> and you are you get along with everybody. Well, so I do. Compatible, okay. That makes us very But compatible. that doesn't make me your soulmate. No. Like, it's not that out of the 7 billion people that have ever lived on Earth now, probably more than 7 billion people have ever existed, that mm-hmm. just in this space and time, I am here and you and I are together. Yeah. I don't know if that's really possible. And I don't know if things work like that. I don't... I think you could... Because there is some statistical probability to it, I'm like, yeah, you could probably find the one. 
But I think the odds of it are so low and so minimal and so varied and so whatever that it's basically a waste of time to think that. Yeah. And you did say that there there are groups of people in varying degrees of things. So yes, probably out in the world, there is someone that you are 150% compatible with. But you don't need that to have a good relationship. Well, and I think it's so hard to find that, that looking for it is just going to be a continual disappointment. Yeah. Instead, I think it's better to try to find someone that you're compatible-ish with. Listen, wherever you live in your town, there could be anywhere from, depending on the size of your town, like thousands and thousands of people, like digging through thousands of people where you live to find Avawan. And then there's a lot of towns and a lot of places. Well, that drive you crazy. We have a small marriage group and we've done compatibility tests with our personalities. And there's different ranges even within our friend group. Mm-hmm. But I would say that all of them have highly functioning good marriages. Well, and the, the weird thing about that is, is that everyone's got various varying personalities, but everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is how we fit together. Like even with personalities that you would think might not fit, there are always places where they do and yeah. so we instead of going out of our way to say oh i gotta find the one how about look at where you are compatible with someone and then you start from there i think that that's a good approach i agree with that too like where are we alike and i think it's good to know where you're deficient or where you're gonna fight on you and i know that we have very different working styles so we're gonna whenever we try to work together on something we've gotten a lot better yeah. but we fight there well and maybe and I think what you just said, another thing, too, that really struck me is that when you talk about the one, it really takes away any personal responsibility. Oh, yeah, um, totally. Good and, point. And like, maybe you're actually, maybe, Rebecca, maybe you're actually a terrible person. Probably not. Probably not. But it's possible that maybe there are some things that you actually need to work on. That being said, okay, this is a poopy thing to say, but I'm just going to agree with you and say all the people I've heard say... I'm just looking for the one. My first thought when I hear that is, you're usually the problem. (laughs) Like, well, maybe you need to stop drinking so much, get a job, and, like, have some stability in your life. You or... Tells you what a deeply judgmental person I am on the I was very judgy. Rebecca, we don't think that of you. But, you know, maybe look into your own self. I do... I do... I'm not saying, Rebecca, question asker. I'm saying that in the scope of humanity, when we look for Ava one... In whatever circumstance, it's usually I need someone that fits me and I don't have to do anything. Yeah. And that's just not how things work. Yeah. So Del and I think are kind of in agreement that the odds of finding the one or having them be it isn't really a thing. I think the better thing to do is look at yourself and think of, you know, traits that would be like decently compatible. But then when you start dating someone... I think the best thing to do is see what's working and good in your relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think it will happen. I mean, you can date someone for some people date for forever. Some people date for like a month. And it just it really just depends. I don't think it's the one situation. But I do think in that if you look at relationships that work, it's because that's the thing. They don't just work. They work because of work. They work because you work at it. That being said, I... I want to be honest and say people have said that to us, like, oh, I just need to... You guys found each other. You guys are soulmates or whatever. And I think that we get along well. I think we have a great marriage, but it's a ton of work. Like, Yeah. I feel like we work at it a lot. And it's not to say... some. I feel like some people may say, 
well, if it's work, it shouldn't have to be work. It's like, well, no, no, everything takes work. Everything takes effort. So uh, good relationships take effort. Wanting to do good at your job takes effort. Getting through school takes effort. Putting on your shoes. Even like freaking, I love eating food. And even eating food takes effort. Come on. It does. Those pancakes. You have to, if you're going to have a good relationship, you should expect it to be maybe a little bit more difficult than eating grapes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I'm feeling all fired up. I don't know what What that's about. That's, I mean, that's her question. So I, I hope it helps that, you know, Rebecca, I don't know that if there is the one for anybody, uh, I, but I do think that if you know yourself and if you have standards for yourself and, uh, and are, and are mature and wise in those areas, I think that you will find somebody that is compatible with you and someone that you are compatible with them. And I think you can have a really good relationship. I think so. Cool. Hey, high five. Oh, I hate high five. You hate high we, fives. We just watch a show where that dude was high five oh. all the time, and I'm just like, no. But you said no two handed high fives. I know, but then the one handed high five brought me to the two handed, and I'm like, I can't. Stephanie, do it. high fives are like my thing. No, and then you're gonna call me bro, and then no, it's I'm gonna not. be like, dude, bro. I don't call no, you bro. And then we're gonna have to shop at Abercrombie and Fitch and wear that terrible cologne that oh, everybody man. hates and stand outside shirts. Tommy boy. <sighs> Is that that? Tommy boy. Is that the name of it? I don't. That was the Tommy boy one tommy hilfiger what was the abercrombie i don't know i don't know i never went in those doors i just smelled them i remember walking through the mall and thinking oh there it is oh but you gotta come come, give me a little bit of a high five please no no Mm -hmm. i can't do it okay well i'll give myself a high five okay good job that was was really i feel good about that good okay well uh like i said before if you have any questions and you'd like to get them our way Check out our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash ppodcast, or our group, facebook.com slash groups slash ppodcast. And we'd hope that if we do help you out, or if you're just enjoying our show, head on over to iTunes or the Apple Podcast Play or whatever you're using. Give us five stars, rate us, review us. And while you're there, check out our old episodes. We've got like 40 episodes, 42 other episodes. So that brings us to... The Split, where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it. All right, Steph, let me have it. So this article is from the American Sociological Review. That sounds quality. Very quality review right there. I remember this journal being really cool in grade school. (laughs) I got my copy of the American Sociological Review. Oh, yeah, man. Do you have yours? That's fantastic. Give me a high five. Uh, so the article is called Difficult People Who is Perceived to be Demanding in Personal Networks and Why Are They There? So it's talking about how there are difficult people. Yes. Yeah. Got it. So if there are difficult people that you know, mm-hmm. who are they? Mm-hmm. And why do you keep them around? Oh, okay. Okay. Because we kind of live in a time where... We're privileged where we don't have to keep difficult people around well, if we don't want to. Well, if I'm to. on like social media or t- the Twitter machine and someone's like, wah, 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 I can just mute them or unfollow them and I'm just like, whatever. Leave for 30 days. Leave for 30 days. And, mm-hmm. but, I, but I'm thinking what I'm, what I'm picking up is that sometimes you may have family or friends that are difficult as well because mm-hmm. um, everybody's got that, you know, relative online and you're just like, ugh, again, yep. you know, uh, but you don't confront them or you don't cut them off because they're your relative 
Okay, you're getting a little far ahead of yourself. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So, uh, so the question is, why do we maintain ties or relationships with individuals that are difficult? I don't know. Uh, so they looked at uh, 1,150 adults in San Francisco. And they asked these folks to give details on the personal on their personal relationships with over twelve thousand people. Okay, wow. But that ends up being about ten people per person. Oh well, yeah. So it's not like the one thousand one hundred fifty people each knew twelve thousand. Oh yeah, I don't know, Do you know many people. Ooh. <laughs> so they. I'm sure out of ten people that you could name, one or two of them is probably like, yeah, they're more, they're kind of difficult. Yeah, which is fair. And we're more like, we're averse to difficulty. So it is strange that we would keep difficult people around. Yeah, that, that I think that's fair. All right, continue. So they asked these people uh, about their ties. So they use the word ties, but they're really like their relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And then whether it was demanding or difficult. Okay. So they had you list these people. Is there a relationship with them demanding or difficult? And they ended up finding that about 15% of these ties are difficult. All right. Which ends up being about one or two people. Sure. Out of your 10, right? Yeah. So why do I keep them around? Well, we're not there yet. Uh, (laughs) So the issue ends up being for why you kind of keep them around is there's two problems. Okay. There's social pressure Mm -hmm. or there's power constraints. Right. So you have these relationships and then sometimes there's pressure from society or there's different power things. So you have to keep these people around because they're hard to cut off otherwise. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough, right? Yeah. I I can like they're maybe like a relative or an important part of your work hierarchy or something. Perfect. Yep. You've basically got there. So the article says difficult ties are more likely to be present in contexts where individuals have limited ability to exercise choice in selecting their associates mm. or they are pressured to socially engage with them. Okay, I'm seeing it. So who does this end up being? Because I think everyone wants to know, right? Mm-hmm. So surprisingly, it's not one person that people don't identify is their spouse. Yeah. So they end up saying that, yeah, like, sometimes my spouse is really challenging. Like, I don't know if people thought, oh, you know, husband or wife, like, whatever is going to be on there. But generally, people would say, well, yeah, sometimes my spouse can be difficult, but it also has such a reward or payoff. Well, I mean, so someone that, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of difficulty sort of, like, comes with the territory. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. And the pay, like, like, the payoff is awesome. Like, yeah. Whatever difficulty we could ever have in a relationship, the payoff of being married to you and, you know, this baby that's coming and all the good stuff, it it's like the difficulty doesn't even like register because it's so good. Well, that and they also said now in society, if you have a difficult spouse, it's just okay to leave. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> they, they weren't the one, right? So there's a lot of... <laughs> Touche. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, reward to it, but also now it's just kind of okay to leave. So those relationships end up okay. netting out or going away. All right. But they found that friends were not a common person that was listed as being difficult. Because they're your friends. Because they're your friends. You get to pick your friends. <laughs> if you're difficult, you know, I'm a friend. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. So when they said friends, like not many of them are difficult. So I'm ass- I'm thinking that this is going to break down to like that very like politically involved uncle that comes to Thanksgiving <laughs> that people that people always talk about. Well, they didn't list uncle, but I'll get to another one they did get to. Okay. So generally what they speak of here is your coworkers. <laughs> ah, yes, cuz that's one of the very few places where you literally you can't really do anything about it. No, you can't. And that's what that comes to like the problems I talked about. So this wouldn't be under social pressures as much as it would be power constraints. Power constraints. And you can't just leave. Well, you, you could. Should. <laughs> well, you could. But then you would have no money. Yeah, money's important. So people say there are coworkers, but there's so they have to have them around. And then among 21 to 30 year olds, the number one uh, person that was listed as difficult was brothers. Brothers? <laughs> That's very specific. Well, and yeah, I just think that there could be a lot of interesting dynamics on there. But it's only to oh, 21, 21 to 30 year olds. I wonder what that's about. That's 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 very interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Well, and they ended up saying that it was a relationship where there's really no benefits or rewards at that point in time. Yeah, I do feel that. I mean, I have a good relationship with my siblings, but I can see from other friendships that I have is that sometimes when you're at a certain age, your sibling relationships don't really provide like anything. Yes. Not that they should or shouldn't and it shouldn't matter because your family, it's in your heart, it's in your blood, but it's different. Well, and I think when you're, so most siblings end up being close to you within age range, like one yeah. to five years-ish. Mm-hmm. So if you're 21 to 30, so is your sibling. And if you're both going through the age range of 21 to 30. You got a lot going on. You do have a lot going on. And 21 to 30 is a lot of development because it's kind of the end of college, maybe, or the beginning of work or like the beginning of families mm-hmm. and relationships. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of change really quickly. Let me tell you. My 20s were pretty great, but the 30s are the best. I like be- I love my 30s. <laughs> I love being in the 30s because I'm done with all that 20-year-olds. We just cried a lot, didn't we? I don't know. <laughs> like I I was in my 20s, so I don't want to be mean about it. I'm like I'm sure I was a jerk too. Let me tell you. Being an established adult in your 30s is pretty awesome. I I enjoy it. But maybe when we're 40, we're going to listen to this podcast and be like, oh, those arrogant 30-year-olds that knew nothing. Because when I was a kid, I was just like, when I'm in high school, I can do whatever I want, stay up all night. And now I'm like, I can just sleep all day if I want to. I know. We can go to bed early. We can go to bed early and and sleep. (laughs) It's the best. Um, So that was for 21 to 30-year-olds. But for people that were 50 to 70-year-olds, they listed their moms or their sisters oh okay which i, can, I think makes sense yeah and I, I feel i feel that for the 50 to 70 because then if your parents are around they're going through those maybe end of life situations yeah and that the general i mean i've seen it i loved my you know my, my my grandparents and everything like that but it sometimes it can get difficult especially with like health concerns and uh, financial situations it can be very difficult and stressful well, and I think that's just it. Like, if you're between that age range, the parents that you're talking about are difficult are difficult in a different kind of it's way. It's not because they bug you or whatever. It's like, these are actually, like, legit huge things. It's not like a 16-year-old poopy teenager who's going through, like, brain development that's crazy. You're talking about an aging adult that you're responsible for, well, which and, is and, a different and kind that of difficulty. Was- in a lot of cases was like your caretaker and the person who was the more mature yeah. one and now you're you're taking care of them and 
yeah, the, the dynamic is shifting. Everything's changing. Like, that's huge. And I said legit, but if you have a problem, it is very legitimate. If it's legit to you, it's legit. But I feel that these, these older parent situations, that's definitely, that's big. Well, and something they say on here is they were wondering if, you know, it says moms and sisters. Is there some sexism going on? Mm-hmm. And the researcers said, no, not really. But then they went on to say that they said no. But then they said women are generally expected to be more nurturing, like the moms mm. and the sisters. And so the mom and the sister might be trying to be more nurturing to you. And that might also be creating some difficulty. Some tension. Yes. And men die earlier. So maybe they're just not around. <laughs> well, it's only two or three years, though. Yeah, but okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I mean, I can... Maybe it's... It's it's probably a sexist view on women. Well, it's weird, because they're like, well, it's not sexism. But then, you know, women are required to be this. I'm like, well, that's not necessarily sexism. But it is, you know, talking about sex roles. It is. It's something that, regardless of what you want to call it, it does seem to be something that happens. And it just... It's difficult. So, quick summary. Quick summary. About 15% of your relationships are probably difficult. All right. But the people that are difficult, you have to keep around because of social pressures, like being related to them. Mm -hmm. Or there's power constraints. You Mm -hmm. have to work with them. Those brothers. Ugh. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) Bro. Bro. I love my brother. I love love my family. I really have a... You have a good family. Good family. Any final thoughts on on the research, Stephanie? I don't think so, but I thought it was helpful because we we were just talking about soulmates and the idea of just having this person and by their nature, are they easy to get along with? But here we're talking about people that, you know, this is your mom or your sibling, someone you really want to naturally get along with. But sometimes those are the most difficult relationships. So, Mm. you know, as they say, siblings by choice, friends by the grace of God. Yeah, I feel like that's. Is that it? Well, that's a picture Siblings frame somewhere. Siblings by blood, friends by choice. Sure. When I was younger, the most difficult person in my life was my sister. But this is when I was like seven. And when we would fight, my mom would make us stand face to face against e- to each other and look at each other. I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like, what? How did you even think of that, I think Mom? Of that. That's I think it's cra- great. That's crazy, but it worked because I was like, I don't want to do this at all, and she didn't want to either. But we would just be like, Ugh, fine. And we just like look at each other, and then we'd start making funny faces and laughing, and it was and it was good. But like that was just one of those things that I remember about difficult people, and I'm I'm glad that I don't. No one makes me do that anymore. Stand face to face with them. Sometimes I think of that story and think of you guys being little kids, just having to stand with your faces together, <laughs> and I start laughing. <laughs> It's funny, but now, like, I think I think we get along really well, and uh, yeah, the difficult relationships that I have now as an adult are very different from when I was like a teen or in college, and they're definitely more. Um, they're le- I feel like they're a little less petty, which I think is good. Good. I'm happy. I'm proud of that. Good. Well, we'll put that uh, link up in our show notes, so if you are interested in checking it out for yourself, uh, please. Go check it out. Read it for yourself. Get informed. And maybe it will lead you down some other rabbit hole about something that uh, you never knew existed. We're always a fan of that. And we'd like to hear from you, too. What do you think about the one? Do you, do you think you're with the one if you are in a relationship? How does it work for you? What do you think? And then also, difficult people. How do you deal with the difficult folks in your life? Let us know in the comments at facebook.com slash groups slash ppodcast. 
So, anything else? We hope that after listening to this podcast, you learn that you can like each other. Very, very, very much. much.